I turn, grab your Bible and turn to Esther, Esther chapter 1. Esther chapter 1, we'll start uh, in verse 12, but we'll also look at chapter 2 and verse 1. So we're gonna, actually going to start in chapter 2 and verse 1 in a minute. Um, but uh, last Sunday, uh, when we met to look at our series on Esther, uh, we noticed wine, a woman, and, uh, and a whiner. And so in this opening chapter, we see the events that unfolded. Uh, that would lead to the appointment of Esther as the queen of Persia. And before Esther became queen, uh, some events had to transpire of which God was the author and the orchestrator of. And so the first thing we, that we looked at is the lie of wine in this story. Ahasuerus, he was getting drunk with his buddies. He was thinking he was having a good time. And it was in this moment where uh, he became drunk. He became uh, inebriated and he made a foolish decision that humiliated his wife. He neglected his duty to protect his wife, to honor his wife, and instead he lived to fulfill his own desires, his own wishes, his own wants. And we saw that we need to be careful that uh, we are not under the control of some other substance or influence other than the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And so uh, the Holy Spirit is the one alone that we ought to, to live for and serve in our life. And we shouldn't open the door to temptation in our life by surrendering to some other substance or influence other than the Holy Spirit. We also looked at how Vashti responded to his selfish command. She would have none of it. She didn't want to obey him. She, was, she wasn't going to appear before these men who were drunk and who wanted to look upon her. Uh, and so she refused to submit to her husband's uh, uh, command. Uh, and although it would have uh, not been a sin, it would have been humiliating. And Ahasuerus placed her in this difficult spot, and so she made the choice to refuse. But we must remember that she was, she was a pagan. She wasn't a believer. She was, doing, she was refusing, not out of a sense of uh, obeying God, but out of a sense of, uh, of self-honor. And so we, we saw that, that she, she had the, this, the, uh, the wrong heart intention. We also noticed the whining emperor, Ahasuerus. He didn't get his way. He started to throw a giant fit. We start to see the cracks in his facade of power that he put up. He, he put on a show of control and power, but we see he had no control, not even over his wife. He could be refused. He could be disobeyed. And we saw that we live in a world where it seems like those who are in charge are loud about their opposition to Christ, are loud about their opposition to the Christian worldview and the Word of God. And so if we decide to live for Christ in this world, we're promised that we'll face persecution, that there will be some pushback from the world. And we need to be bold in our faith and standing for the truth. And so that's what we looked at last Sunday. Tonight we're going to continue in this series. We're going to look at the reaction of Ahasuerus to his wife, uh, resisting his command. And I want us to walk through this portion of the story and consider some things that we can apply uh, to our own life. Ahasuerus, he lived by this motto, 
if it please the king. And we see that throughout this story, if it please the king. You'll see that as we work our way through this series. And that's what Ahasuerus lived for, the things that pleased him, the things he wanted to do. That was his motto. And we see that this gets him into a lot of trouble throughout his life. It, it puts him in some uh, sticky situations. And so we should learn from the example of Ahasuerus that we cannot live our life according to the whims of our flesh. We ought to live according to uh, the, the, the leading of the Spirit. We ought to live according to the Word of God. There are going to be times when our flesh tempt us and, and leads us to do things that are contrary to the Word and will of God. And we need to be willing to say no to our flesh and what we want and what we desire in order to please the Lord and, and obey Him. And so we're going to look at uh, this idea, of, if it pleases the king this evening, let's go ahead and pray and we'll get into the message. Dear God, I thank you for this day that you've given us and for the opportunity we have to look at your word and again consider the example of Ahasuerus and um, Lord work through this story. I pray that you would help us to learn these lessons, to apply them to our own life and uh, God, I ask that you would just help us to be challenged this evening by your word. Lord, I pray that you would help me. Uh, Lord, to put aside distracting thoughts, and I ask, Lord, that you would speak through me as only you can. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to be prepared to hear what you have for us this evening. I ask that you would speak to our hearts as only you can this evening. Lord, I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing uh, that I want us to see is Ahasuerus' sorrow in Esther chapter 2 and verse 1, if you could look there. Um, before it says this, after these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. Before we get into the next portion of the story that we're going to look at, uh, we jump ahead here to Esther chapter 2 and verse 1. Uh, and it's important to remember that the book of Esther is a, it's a narrative account. It's a, it's a retelling of something that happened. And so anytime you read a story, you need to know the whole story in order to get the lesson that needs to be learned. One of my biggest pet peeves is when you sit down to watch a movie, and you're watching the movie, and somebody always asks, uh, why are they doing that? Uh, what's going on here? Uh, why did they say that? They're asking questions before the story's even done. If you would watch just two more minutes, you'd get, the, you'd get the answer you're looking for. Sometimes we read stories, we watch stories, we listen to stories. There's plot twists along the way, things you didn't expect to happen. And you have to get the whole picture in order to understand the lesson of the, of the story, of the account. And the same is true for the account of Esther. Of course, it's a, it's a true story. It's something that actually happened in history. And we need to, uh, we need to know the, the, whole, the whole story in order to get the, the lesson that's trying, uh, that, that, that needs to be learned. And so if you haven't yet, I, I would encourage you to read through the whole book of Esther. Um, several times if you can, and knowing what happens helps us to understand the, the lessons we can learn in our own life. We don't, we don't want to miss the point of the whole story for the details along the way. Uh, and so we're going to, so, so we jump ahead and we, we read this uh, verse here in Esther chapter 2 and verse 1. And one thing that we have to note is that between chapter 1 and chapter 2 is about a three-year period. Uh, that has passed. It's about three years from the time that Vashti is removed 
uh, to the time that Ahasuerus is sitting here and his servant suggests throwing this beauty pageant to find his new wife. So about three, year, uh, three years has passed. And there's an important event that takes place in this three-year period. I mentioned this in our first message in this series, and that is the, the battle when uh, Persia goes against uh, Greece. And they, they, do, they don't conquer the Greeks. Uh, the, the Greeks beat them at uh, the Battle of Thermopylae, and Ahasuerus is defeated. Uh, he, he leaves this battle humiliated. And so some time, some time passes, and some events transpire. And uh, Ahasuerus has faced defeat. And, and now he finds himself in the palace in chapter 2 and verse 1, sitting there. And, uh, and he has forgotten about Vashti. Uh, a war will make you forget about a, few, a little feud you had with your spouse. And so some major things has happened. He's sitting there on his throne. He's forgotten about Vashti. The, the verse 1 says there in chapter 2 that his anger uh, has been appeased. He's forgotten about it, but he's sitting there and he remembers Vashti. He remembers what Vashti had done, but more importantly, he remembers what he did to Vashti. He remembers what was decreed against Vashti. He remembers what he decreed against Vashti. The scene here is quite clear that uh, he is alone and he is regretting the decision that he has made. Uh, he, is, uh, he is alone. Uh, he realizes the foolishness of his decision. He's come to a point where uh, he's, not, he, he's in his right mind. He's not drunk at a party. He's sitting there and he realizes, what have I done? Uh, and, and so he, we, the scene here is that he's, he misses uh, Vashti, but there's nothing he can do about it. As we're reminded over and over again in this book, when uh, the law of the Medes and the Persians cannot be overturned, uh, the decision that he made cannot be changed. And so he's left with the consequences of his foolish decisions. By the way, sometimes it seems like it takes us years and years to realize the foolishness of decisions that we make. And uh, to realize and uh, go through the consequences of the decisions that we make. We might say something harsh or do something cruel to somebody out of anger. And just as quick as the snap of a finger and not realize the destruction that we cause by the words we say. And it might take us years to realize the thing that we, done, that we did was foolish. Uh, but the Holy Spirit convicts us and reminds us and, and so that we confess and we repent uh, for what we have done. How many people are living under years and years worth of bitterness and anger, and resentment, and pride, and jealousy. Are you going to find yourself like Ahasuerus one day, regretting the decisions that you have made, because you made them in foolishness, and you did not follow the leading of the Spirit? Ahasuerus is sorrowful that his wife is gone because of what he's done, and now he's alone. And it's too late for him to change what, what he had, had done. And so that's the state of sorrow that Ahasuerus finds himself here, but I want us to rewind now and go back to where we uh, are in this story. In chapter 1, verse 12, we're going to see Ahasuerus' problem. Ahasuerus' problem. Chapter 1, verse 12, if you could look there, it says, uh, but, uh, but the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's commandment by his chamberlains. Therefore was the king very wroth, and his anger burned in him. Then the king said to the wise men, which knew the times, For so was the king's manner toward all that knew law and judgment. 
And the next unto him was Karshena, Shethar, Edmatha, Tarshish, Merez, Marcina, and Mimukin, the seven princes of Persia and Media, which saw the king's face, and which sat the first in, in the kingdom. What shall we do unto the queen Vashti according to law, because she hath not performed the commandment of the king Ahasuerus by the chamberlains? We see here Ahasuerus' problem. Um, we saw last week the response of Vashti to his foolish command that she appeared before him and his drunk friends so that they could admire her. Of course, she refuses, and, and she does not obey his command. And, and so he is angry because of her refusal to obey. He, he's upset. No one is allowed to refuse the king. What the king says is supposed to go. And uh, don't you know that Ahasuerus, is the, he's the king of kings. He's the lord of lords. Or so he thinks. He thinks he can be refused, but, uh, but he, we see that he can be. His facade of control, again, is, is crumbling. It's falling apart. And he is fearful that others will follow the example of his wife. We see that also uh, is a fear of the princes that are underneath him. Ahasuerus knows that his wife's refusal is a problem, and so he gathers his trusted advisors, these princes that were under him, to ask, uh, what should we do? What should be done? And by the way, this is a, a wise thing for him to do. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And so he's seeking counsel. He's seeking for wisdom. He's seeking for advice from those underneath him. But we continue. Look at Esther chapter 1, verse 16. And Mimukin answered before the king and the princes, Vashti the queen hath not done wrong to the king only, but also to all the princes and to all the people that are in the provinces of the king Ahasuerus. For this deed of the queen shall come abroad unto all women, so that they shall despise their husbands in their eyes. When it shall be reported, the king Ahasuerus commanded Vashti the queen to be brought in before him, but she came not. Verse 18 says, Likewise shall the ladies of Persia and Media say this day unto all the king's princes, which have heard of the deed of the queen. Thus shall there arise too much contempt and wrath. One of the seven princes that ruled under him at Mimukin, uh, he, he speaks up about what he believes Ahasuerus should do. And he says Vashti needs to be removed and her throne needs to be given to someone better than her. Uh, and he, he told Ahasuerus this was not just an injustice that she committed against him, but against the whole empire, the whole kingdom. She refused her husband at this party with these leaders, and now they're fearful that word is going to spread to the whole empire about what she had done, and many others would follow her example. And, and so that, that's the fear that uh, Ahasuerus and his men have. And this was not necessarily a bad fear to have. Uh, as the emperor, I'm sure that Ahasuerus, he wanted his country to be prosperous and to be successful. Uh, but if you have a nation that's filled with homes that are filled with division, that nation is going to crumble. And that's their fear that uh, these homes are going to fall apart. The, the homes in their empire are going to be filled with division. And it's going to lead to the ruin of our empire, of our nation. That's what it seems like our country is at today. When you, when you look at homes in our country, it seems like there is division. Uh, in America, you find husbands 
that do not love their wives and care for their wives, like Ahasuerus did not care for his wife and love his wife. You'll find wives that do not respect and submit to their husbands. You'll find children that are in rebellion and do not obey their parents as, have been, as the Word of God commands us to do. You'll find fathers and mothers who provoke their children to wrath as the Bible commands them not to do. And how does a country get to that point? It gets to that point when the Word of God is removed, when the Word of God is ignored, when following the Holy Spirit is not a priority, uh, when obeying the Lord is not a priority in the home, Division happens, and when the home is unstable, cities are unstable, and the country is unstable. And that's what the fear is here in, uh, for Ahasuerus, and that is uh, what we see happening in our, our country today. There's an attack on families in our country. The whole month of June has become a month to celebrate an attack on the family unit in our country. And God is uh, not pleased by that. We also see, I want us to see in Romans chapter 1 in the New Testament... Um, this same thing uh, happened in another nation, another empire, the Roman Empire. Look at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, starting at verse number 18. Uh, before I read it. Paul is writing to the early church in Rome about the state of Rome, about the state of the Roman Empire and what's taking place. And so we see in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither, will, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient." being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. 
That is the state of Ahasuerus' empire. That's the state of Ahasuerus doing what brings him pleasure. Things that are sinful to God. He was supposed to care for his wife, love his wife, protect his wife, honor her. But he did whatever pleased him. And so easily he thought he could dispose of his wife. Never to see her again. To remove her out of his presence. And that of course is against God's will and against God's ways. But he did it because it pleases him. It pleased his flesh. And that's, what we see, that's where we see our country at today. Uh, we, we live in a society where we're told, just live and, and do whatever your heart says and wants you to do. Live according to what makes you happy, according to the flesh. Live at whatever pleases you. That is not our calling as believers, though. Our calling as believers is to live in submission to God and His Word and His Spirit. And so we need to, to, to have... Uh, we need to be aware, aware of the temptation uh, of living for this, the flesh. As believers, our homes ought to reflect Christ and the world around us. Ahasuerus' home did not reflect that. When you looked at Ahasuerus' home, you saw division. You saw hate. You saw, uh, you saw resentment. As, as, as Christians, our homes ought to be homes that reflect Christ. Husbands ought to love their wives, as, as Scripture commands us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 25. Wives are to submit to their husbands, as the Bible says in Ephesians 5, 22 and 23. Children are to obey their parents, uh, for this is right. It's the first commandment with promise, the Bible says. That promise is, uh, is long life. Uh, and so a husband who is not loving his wife, who puts himself before uh, his wife and the needs of his wife, who dishonors his wife is not being a reflection of Christ, is dishonoring Christ, is being a poor testimony of Christ. A wife who is not uh, uh, reverencing her husband in, in submission does not show Christ, does not show the relationship of Christ to the church. Children who don't obey their parents and who do not submit to their parents uh, do not show uh, Christ. They do not show the testimony of Christ. And so in our homes... We need to make sure that our homes are a light to this world of Christ and His love. And it comes when we submit to God and His ways found in His Word. And so we see Ahasuerus' problem. Finally, though, we see Ahasuerus' solution. In uh, verse one, or chapter 1, verse 19, it says, If it please the king, let there go a royal commandment from him, and let it be written among the laws of the Persians and the Medes, that it be not altered, that Vashti come no more before King Ahasuerus. And let the king give her royal estate unto another that is better than she. And when the king's decree which he shall make shall be published throughout all his empire, for it is great, all the wives shall give to their husbands honor, both to great and small. And the saying pleased the king and the princes, and the king did according to the word of Mimukin. For he sent letters into all the king's provinces, and to every province according to the writing thereof, and to every people after their language, that every man should bear rule in his own house, and that it should be published according to the language of every people. After sharing his concern with his trusted advisors, um, we see the solution that Mimukin uh, proposes and that Ahasuerus agrees to. And in this story, we see that Mimukin, he, know, he knows exactly how to address the king in order to get his plan put in place. He starts out by saying, if it please 
the king. And that's a common expression, as we'll see in this book. Ahasuerus is a man who lived according to his pleasure. We, we see that in, this, in the first chapter. We see that in the banquet that Ahasuerus put on. It was all about pleasure. It was all about making the guests feel welcome and showing off his wealth and showing off his might and his power. And so if it pleased the king, let there go out a royal commandment that Vashti come no more before, uh, the king, before King Ahasuerus and let the king give her royal estate unto another that is better than she. Think about the gravity of that kind of decision. He's about to remove his wife from his home and from the throne. And he is about to leave her for this small act of defiance. But I want us to be reminded of the state that he's in. He's drunk. He's with his friends. He's inebriated. He's out, he's out of control. And it is in this point that he makes this foolish decision. It's in this moment that this uh, foolish decision to dispose of his wife is, is made. And he, he is told that if he passes this law, all the wives in the land would, uh, would honor their husbands and obey them. Uh, I find it ironic. He wants to pass this law to remove his wife... Uh, to make an example of her, but also so that rumor doesn't spread that she is disobedient. And so what's his plan? I'm going to pass a law uh, making this command so everybody knows what happened in my empire. He's afraid that word's going to spread, but in passing this law, he's done the very thing that he's afraid of, uh, of happening, uh, of spreading uh, the lack of control he has in his home. Ahasuerus was a man, though, who loved to make laws. The Persians had laws for everything. As we saw, they had a law for how much you could drink. They had a law saying you could drink as much as you want or as little as you want. And so Hashuerus loved to pass laws, and he passes this law to get rid of his wife. By this, I'm reminded of the ineffectiveness of the law, though, to save us from sin. Hashuerus' law was an ineffective one. It did not accomplish what he, what he set out to do. He wanted to, he wanted to squash this rumor that uh, he thought would spread, and in passing his law, he did just that. And uh, we, we see that as believers, the purpose of the law is it is our schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. We know we are not saved by the law. We cannot keep the law in order to be saved. We cannot do enough good works in order to earn salvation. Salvation is a gift that is freely given. By the grace of God, through faith in Christ. But the law is there to show us that we are sinners. And it's there to point us to the one who can save us. And that is Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 24, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. The schoolmaster was not the teacher. The schoolmaster in Roman times was a servant whose job was to take the children and bring them safely to the school where they would learn. And so the law uh, is not our master. Christ is our master. But the law takes us to Christ. The law shows us we've sinned, we've broken God's law, and it brings us to the one who can save us from uh, God's wrath, and that is Jesus Christ. And so the law points us to Jesus Christ. Uh, but we see, when we see the futility of Ahasuerus, to control his life through laws, we should be reminded that trusting in our own works, trusting in our own uh, effort cannot save us. It is only through faith in Jesus Christ alone <coughs> that we can be saved. Excuse me. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. 
It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so tonight we can learn from Ahasuerus' dependence on the law that uh, that does not work. We cannot depend on earning salvation. It, it will not happen. It is only through faith in Christ that a person can be saved. And so we come back to where we started this evening. Three years. Uh, three years have passed since Ahasuerus removed Vashti from the throne at the beginning of chapter 2. And he's sitting there remembering what he did and what Vashti had done. But it's too late. The decision had been made. And now he, he cannot undo what he had done. And I think the lesson that we learned from this is that it only takes a moment. <clears throat> it only takes a moment to make a decision that has lifelong consequences. And Ahasuerus' example is one that teaches us of the dangers of living for our desires. The Bible is clear that our hearts are deceitful. They're desperately wicked. And we don't even know the extent to how wicked our hearts are. And so it's dangerous to live according to our flesh and what pleases our flesh. Rather, we ought to live according to the Word of God and according to the leading of the Spirit of God. God's Word will never lead you astray. If you seek to know God's Word and obey God's Word, it will not lead you astray. But today, of course, we're told, just do what makes you happy, follow your heart, and it'll be okay. But following your heart will lead to terrible decisions, like Ahasuerus. And so I hope tonight we're encouraged not to live according to our flesh, uh, but according to God's Word and, and God's way. Find out what God has to say and, and live according to that. Let's pray. <clears throat> Dear God, I thank you for this day that you've given us. Lord, I thank you for your Word and for this example of Ahasuerus. Um, Lord, 